When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good to be back. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. I'm returning with my dear friend, Bo. I've missed <laughs> the last two days. The most pivotal two-day span. Oh, since I missed the day where Joshua Dobbs got traded and Isaiah Simmons was cut. Uh, but in all seriousness, Bo, Banner job holding down the fort. It was great to see you and Alex Clancy had a banner day with Baldy and company. Our guy, Brad Stevens from pro football focus uh, coverage, of course, here at PHNX sports is unmatched. And uh, yeah, let's, let's talk a little Kyler Murray. Let's do it, man. I mean, you're the one that uh, I think has been deprived of talking K one. It's been nice <laughs> to see him back out on the practice field. Now two days running for the Cardinals franchise quarterback. It was, it was fun to, uh, to talk about the breaking news that went down on Wednesday from the Arizona Cardinals head coach, but it was missing. It was missing Johnny Venerable, who's been covering this and had all the the key insight on the uh, potential return and now return of Kyler Murray. So floor is yours, my man. Oh, you're too kind. They've heard me drone on about this and and just get uh, over, over zealous about it. Let's, Let's hear your thoughts. Well, we're going to do a Friday show, a proper show, but the, I had to, I just got back. I was traveling. I got back two hours ago and I said, let's, we got to record our typical uh, audio only on Thursday. And you know, we, it's hard, man. This, this whole Kyler Murray coming back for a new injury. And he's, I mean, he's still, still technically not back yet. Like when we previewed his return, we previewed like, when is he going to play? Right. And so it's, this is an exciting week for Cardinal fans, but like, we still haven't hit the crescendo of activated playing on Sunday. And I think, you know, you tease a little bit with, with Clancy. We're still a couple weeks away from that. But, I mean, to be practicing, limited, fully, whatever you want to classify it, it's a really positive step. Um, this is this process has been has been tough to, to lock down. You know, we had the Dobbs information early and been able to key in on some items. You know, we knew kind of how the coaching staff felt about some guys, Isaiah Simmons and – you know, DeAndre Hopkins, but it, it's been difficult like it has been for everybody in this market to kind of pinpoint exactly when he's coming back, when he'd be activated, when he would open up. And, you know, I had thought a couple of weeks ago that there was some momentum for it to happen earlier. And then that kind of got squashed uh, by Adam Schefter's report. And then, you know, we can share this with the audience. You know, you and I got tipped off over the weekend. Like it, this is this is going down this week. Barring something unforeseen, practice, injury, dropping a weight on his toe, like they're opening it up. So we we had done our our prep work. And so that even though I was gone, I was still happy that, you know, it came to fruition. And, um, you know, the audience, you guys have been fantastic. But I mean, it just at the end of the day, it, it gives Cardinal fans hope for the rest of the season, especially after, you know, what happened last weekend. Joshua Dobbs not playing well. You know, people are excited to see Kyler Murray back. Even some of his, I would say, his biggest detractors and doubters. So, I again, we've got a couple more hurdles to clear. 
But I mean, you can't tell me as a Cardinal fan, it's not great to see Bo Brock's videos and PHNX Cardinal videos live from practice. And it's, it's number one, slinging it around. And this, this team's got a long way to go personnel wise, but you look around the landscape. I mean, we're, I'm watching Derek Carr just completely vomit all over himself on Thursday night football. Like that, that's the competition people and not to get off track people in the media, prominent media members were picking the saints to be like the two seed in the NFC. And so for, for people dismissing this team, I get it this year. They're missing some players. They're lacking some talent. They're in a transition rebuild year. Kyler Murray gets back to humming as an MVP caliber player. And you let him get his sea legs under him, lack of a better term, over these next you know nine to 10 games or whatever it is. The Cardinals are going to be in business, man. And there are, there are, Bo, I think they're just, there are people that are staunchly against that happening because of agendas, biases, the dislike for Kyler Murray, whatever it is. And he, and I think he's one of the most unfairly treated or, or hated athletes, certainly in Arizona history, but just in general, mm-hmm. but it's just like dude can play when Daniel Jones is making $45 million a year. And you know, we're anointing Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. I mean, it's just like, you know, Kyler Murray was the first overall pick in the draft. He was top 10 in two professional sports. He's a really high end player at his best. He's a top five to 10 quarterback in the NFL I mean, like they got a ways to go to evaluate, but they're not they're not just gonna discard that for a journeyman. They're not gonna discard that for for Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. Like, and this is the first step to to kind of remedy that, not only with the Cardinals themselves, but with the fan base. Well, and I think Jonathan Gannon, he's seen it firsthand what uh just having a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position can do and how it can yeah. just completely elevate a franchise and fast track a rebuild because when Gannon got into Philadelphia his first year, I mean, there was really no expectations for him uh, under Nick Sirianni's, you know, coaching staff. They came out of the gates flat and slow. And then you saw the maturation of Jalen Hurts and they found had a game plan around him. And, and then that went to a different level the next season and, and just being able to kind of, tap into where his strengths are in, in building the roster to the strengths of the coaching staff and getting young athletic players and, and surrounding Jalen Hurts with him. I think Jonathan Gannon is going to realize over the whenever you know Kyler Murray gets out there that they're going to have the same ability to do that with with Kyler. Like they've survived, they've held their their head above water throughout these first six games. And it's going to, you know, like as you as you mentioned, it's going to last beyond six games. I mean he's yeah. still going to need some time to get back onto the actual playing field. But what they've done with pedestrian quarterback play, how they've been competitive and how you see that around the league and and teams are sometimes just looking that as the baseline, just pedestrian play from the quarterback position. But when you get great quarterback play, it can elevate almost any roster. It can can put you in, in, in a chance to compete and win each and every game in this league. And that's, that's, Something that Kyler Murray possesses. Now, can they harness it? Can they can they put it out there and put him in a position to to really utilize his, his incredible skill set? You know, that remains to be seen. But now he's getting himself back in a position to where we can see what he looks like with Drew Petsing. We can see what he looks like with the playmakers out there. We can see how he works in concert with Jonathan Gannon, new head coach, and within this infrastructure that finally feels like is in place that wasn't in place his first four seasons in the NFL. I encourage everybody, if you haven't checked it out, Bo's interview with our guy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus talking about Hollywood Brown, the fact that teams have been calling uh, per Brad on Hollywood Brown, Bo, and the Cardinals have said no. And like, 
you know, I'm going to put a, a, a piece together for our YouTube page and Cardinals are going to do what they want. But I, I would imagine, though, a, a big part of that is they want Kyler Murray to have every opportunity to show them I'm the guy. And, you know, with all due respect to like Zach Pascal, they want to equip him with some quality NFL receivers and personnel to be able to do that. Like, I know you and I have kind of been discussing like options with Buda Baker when he's coming back, Garrett Williams. But like, I mean, when Kyler Murray comes back, if not the week of shortly after, like James Conner will be eligible to return. So it's like they'll, they'll be able to put together two months worth of the starting offense, the starting personnel, right? The offensive line knock on wood is healthy. The tight ends are ready to go. I mean, like they're, they're going to be able to put together the semblance of what you thought this offense was going to be from the start in September that should give Kyler every opportunity to say, like, yeah, I've still got it. I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who can go two to one at minimum touchdown interception ratio, 65 plus percent better completion. I've got more mobility. Uh, and he's always been dynamic, you know, with his arm in the pocket. So I don't know. It, they're, they're set up for success, but it's going to take time. You know, I think, you know, transitioning from, you know, that to, to how he looks in practice, mm-hmm. you know, you, you text me while you're there, you, you post it online on our Twitter page. Like, how does he look in practice from a mobility standpoint? Cause the arm, I mean, anybody sees it, it's, it's electric and you kind of forget how strong it is and how special it is. Mm-hmm. But is he, is he moving around? Well, what's that look like at Tempe? Yeah. He doesn't look like he's missed a step and that's been a huge jump between training camp and now, and obviously that's, that's months of, of rehab, you know, in between and, and working with Buddy Morris, the, you know, a guy who was the lead of this training staff and took a different position. And he's focusing on getting these, these rehabbing players back up to speed. So every, each and every player that is getting back for the Arizona Cardinals has worked with Buddy Morris and, and, and the pieces that they added to the staff when JG took over, but he, he looks, he looks normal. Like we're not seeing him, like we're not getting to see Kyler Murray go out there in the sevens. We're not getting to see him go 11-11 in, in, in those drills. Those are for the closed portion of practice. But we're seeing him, you know, stand in the shotgun, get to drop back. We're just getting to see him for the first time, take snaps from under center or take snaps from a center, roll out, things that, you know, he's never really been asked to do consistently in his, his entire football career. But we're seeing him be able to take on any of those tasks. And then we're seeing him, you know, post-practice, walking around, making his way from the practice field. And he just – he doesn't look like, you know, some – like there there might be a misconception or there's just might not be people who understand, like, it, he's not just coming off the injury. Like, this is a fully rehabbed surgery. He's, yeah. He's good to go. He's, he's put in a lot of work to get to this point to where he's – he's, if not right where he was before the injury, uh, but damn near close to it. So – it's not going to be like he's going to be out there and you might see him limp here and there. I just don't – He they would have never green-lighted him being designated return if, if if that was the case. Yeah. Go check out Britton Golden, our guy on our PHNX postgame show from last week and talk about like, you know, you can feel great physically and go run an NFL practice and you probably feel like throwing up. I mean, like that's what they're working through right now just right. from a, you know, are you gassed conditioning standpoint – running the offense. I mean, but you're basically like, this is Kyler Murray with this team, like mid-July, end of July when training camp starts. I think yeah. that's kind of how, how you have to look at it. And you think about, okay, well, wh- how long before, you know, this team played a full game? You know, how long until people play four full quarters? 
It was like six weeks from that. And that was, you know, week one against Washington, six to eight weeks from there. And they had reps in the preseason. They had the red and white scrimmage and Dobbs was an anomaly. He came from another organization after the preseason was over. But I mean, they're going to have to expedite this in the next couple of weeks the best they can. But they also, I mean, it's it's tough because you 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 try them out against a, a, a portion of the schedule that's not favorable right now. Like, mm-hmm. I do think that going into Seattle, like they would welcome that if that's in a couple of weeks. But obviously, it's not realistic. He's not going to play this weekend. Joshua Dobbs, both the teams already announced, is going to start Sunday against Seattle. Then you've got Baltimore at home, and you know as, as optimistic as we would like to be on this podcast, and Kyler Murray can achieve a, a lot of unique you know, accomplishments and he's a special kind of athlete. I just, I've always been in the mindset that's asking a lot for him Mm -hmm. to come back against the Baltimore Ravens. So if it's not, then it's either the week after against Cleveland or the following week, even so missing an additional game um, against the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know. We, I, I don't want to put a time frame on it. We want to take it one week at a time because I think that's unfair to Kyler Murray. Um, but again, definitively, no, no Kyler against the Seahawks. But I mean, it's going to travel with the team. It's going to be on the sideline like he has been, and then he's mm-hmm. going to get right back to work on Monday. Yeah, and and th- I think that's people were clamoring for just this th- for for this to happen, right? right. And, and just like you know, the reset and then going through the rebuild and, and everything with this organization, there, there's going to have to be. S- Still some patience. And then once he gets back on the playing field, like there's still going to have to be patience, right? Because this is a brand new offense and he's doing a lot of things that he hasn't been asked to do. Like the, the under center thing, it can't be discounted at all. Like as far as that's going to be a change of, of how he's played football and how he's going to drop back, how he's going to diagnose defenses, how things just each and every it's, it's going to. Be, it's going to be a f- impact pre- pretty much everything he's he's trying to do out there mm-hmm. where he was he was standing out there and, he, and, and clapping like he's just clap for the football in Cliff Kingsbury's old offense. Right. And that's yeah. not going to be the case any longer. So, you know, it, it's going to take absolutely some patience. But, you know, it's exciting that he's out there and, and he's gearing up and he's and he's making strides towards getting back on the playing field instead of just trying to get cleared medically to, to get to this point. So, you know, check another box as far as Kyler, Kyler Murray goes. The the arm talent, is, it's still there, you know. But then I think about, you know, what Britton was talking about, what you just talked about, the that football shape. Like, Zayden Collins said that, you know, he was playing, he was in shape as an off-ball linebacker, a middle linebacker last year where he, he, was, he was conditioned to play. You know, he could go out there and play every snap of a 12-snap drive, right? And, he would be fine. And then now if he's out there close to double digit snaps after like the rotation he's in, like, he's like, Holy shit. Like this is brutal. Like he's gassed and he can barely catch his breath. Like Kyler Murray, it's going to take some like quarterbacks. They don't have, you don't rotate in and out. Like he's, if, if the Cardinals, you know, have a solid, you know, drawn out double digit play drive, he's going to be out there each and every one of them. And you know how he he operates. He's going to be, you know, running outside of the pocket, making plays with his legs most likely. And I mean, he's got for him to get in shape. I got to imagine he's going to have to utilize each and every one of these days at practice to get up to that point. I mean, that's where not no disrespect to Colt McCoy. I've done that enough on this podcast, but that's where (laughs) having somebody like a comparable athlete in Joshua Dobbs can, can really help Kyler Murray to be able to, to understand what it's like to be a mobile quarterback in this offense. And they'll do different things, obviously with Murray, because he's, 
much more special of, of a quarterback talent. But I don't know. I just feel like the Cardinals are, are better equipped now to be able to say, hey, just just shadow Joshua Dobbs and, and be able to go through your cadence with, with Josh. And obviously they've been together in the, in the meeting rooms. I, think, I just J- – Dobbs, the last two Sundays notwithstanding, obviously has been you know really nice pickup for this team and getting them to the point where you bring back Kyler Murray. And I, I, I think that his contributions off the field – hopefully won't go unnoticed because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, th- this team with Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon, I think would have been much, much different. I think the vibe around this team would have been different. And I get it. Dobbs was not good last week, but at the same time, I think, you know, in a perfect world, he's your, he's your backup of the future, at least throughout the, the rest of this regular season. And, uh, you know, who knows? We might be looking back and saying, yeah, they got a pretty solid quarterback room come January. They don't need to touch that, but <laughs> it's, it's hopeful for the fan base giving them an opportunity to see the player that, you know, has been their most valuable asset each of the past five, six years that he's been here. And, you know, the team, I wasn't even here, goodness, on Tuesday, and the team just throws away, for lack of a better term, a third rounder in Majay Sanders. And I, I get it, he wasn't drafted by Asa Ford, but you, you, you need Kyler Murray back for the sake of this roster because it is so stripped down. And, you know, it's twofold in the offseason. Yeah, you could take... If they pick early, you could take a quarterback and feel like, okay, we get the benefits of fifth-year option, paying no money on a rookie deal. But then you look at the rest of this roster, and you need every single resource possible to be able to fill it. You'll have money in free agency to supplement other needs. But if Kyler Murray, if you feel like there is a better-than-good chance, and I know Gannon does right now, even not having seen him play a game, that, that Kyler Murray can be the guy for the next five years, then you got to do whatever you can to make it work. Because I, I honestly feel like, Bo, like watching, I think Cardinals are much better coach, but watching Bryce Young struggle in Carolina, it's just like the Cardinals offense and specifically the holes that the defense has. I'd be worried about a young quarterback coming in here and be expect high expectations next year. Whereas we just talked about the landscape of the NFC. You you bring Kyler Murray back on this team in 2024 and you make some additions via the draft and free agency. I mean, like you're talking about hopefully a playoff team, a borderline playoff team. Whereas if you're starting, you know, some kid out of the ACC, I mean, everybody's going to have to reset their expectations again. And I, I, I don't know. It just feels like at the end of the day, like this, this team is so dependent on these next two, two and a half months Mm-hmm. to kind of change the trajectory of the franchise because, man, I, I know we talked about it off air, that rap sheet report, the kind of faux report that he put out on Twitter, like Cardinals need to evaluate. They just they really just need to see him play games, and it's a stark contrast to the other reports to begin the year that he wasn't going to play at all. Yeah, it is. It, it, like what they have the ability to do with, with Kyler Murray and how, how they can be in a really in a lot better spot at, you know, before going into the 2024 season by getting him up to date on their processes, right? And, and yeah. he's already ingrained in the culture. And, and that's not to be understated. I mean, that's so important. And we talked about the success that, you know, Jalen Hurts was able to pick up on in year one and then catapult himself into year two for Sirianni and, and with JG and Shane Steichen, both, you know, the latter of those guys are, are head coaches now. But what, you know, Jalen Hurts still playing at a high level, but he would not wasn't necessarily before you know Sirianni got there. They, they, he was a he was a project, right? Kyler Murray, I think, is a little bit a notch above a project. But if if he can hone in on Petsing's offense and he can 
bought in on the process and I'm seeing like I've seen a big jump as far as seeing him, you know, Joshua Dobbs is focused on on Seattle, right? So I've mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Israel Wolfwork and Kyler Murray. Like they seem to be uh together, you know, ever since his return to the playing field. And they, they were together before that, but it's gone up a notch. And I think he's gonna be somebody he's gonna lean on his quarterback's coach. Um but you know I, I think if you just think about like Going into the 2024 preseason, if if they drafted a guy and then say Joshua Dobbs is, is the bridge to the drafted player at the quarterback position, it's like you're going to have either A, the fan base have to buy into Joshua Dobbs starting games again for this team until that quarterback's ready. And then it's, it just it delays this team's ability to to truly be, like they're, they've been competitive, but truly be competitive and win games. Finish games. Yeah. yeah. I, because you can see the potential with Kyler, obviously with Hollywood, Trey McBride now, Michael Wilson. I mean, compliments to James Conner. You get a back that can immediately play and contribute next year. This is the best offensive line, knock on wood, that he's ever played with, that he will ever play with throughout his tenure in Arizona. And man, like it just with each passing week, the defense is, is running on fumes, much in part to the lack of, of talent. And so I, you know, I trust this franchise because the two people at the top right now and Austin Ford and Gannon. And if, if we get to the end of the year and, and they're going to have to come out and say like, you know, with their actions, not their words, they'd never say this, but Kyler, we're going to move on from Kyler Murray. Then we'll, we'll have a different conversation at that point, because basically they'll, they'll be telling everybody. Yeah. We like Kyler, but not at that price, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to get to that point. Unless Kyler, for whatever reason, comes out and and looks like a shell of himself, he can't move around. He looks. I, I've I've never seen Kyler Murray play prolonged bad football, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess anything's possible. Outside of that, and I think he'll have a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. I think he'll do do good things in the month of December, especially when they're playing like the Chicago's of the world. I don't know. I think there's going to be too much positive evidence for Kyler Murray especially now that, you know, my biggest criticism was you can't do four games. You can't do six games. Like realistically, they're going to get eight to 10 games now. That's enough time for this regime. So I can get off my soapbox here to say you're, we're good. You're all set 26, 27 years old. Feel like you've got a half decade plus of good football. Now let's get you some pieces. I, I think for this fan base, assuming we can get to that point, going into the offseason, having him 100% healthy, live reps in this offense, ascending talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, like the, the Cardinals will be, assuming everything falls into plan, a trendy team next year. One of the one of the chic picks in the NFC to make the playoffs. And, and hopefully with with actually better results than the trendy teams from this past, past offseason, like, you know, the Bears. But yeah, and then you know, there's we talk about Kyler Murray, like the pressure doesn't come off his shoulders. I mean, then he's making big boy money. He's making you know top top seven money. Like that that extension kicks in. I think with that becomes comes more pressure for him to perform like that caliber of a player, right? That that that's making that top tier money. I want to talk to you quickly as we pivot off Kyler. I want to touch on Buddha and Garrett Williams, but I I know you saw kind of the faux report that Mike Florio put out about Caleb Williams potentially wanting stock or equity into an NFL franchise. And I'm like, I don't think this could be better timed if they tried to do it 
yeah. as it relates to Kyler Murray and his heroics coming back. And then Caleb Williams and his dad, who just will not stop talking. I, I don't know, man, like with each passing day, with each passing week, I've, I was listening to another podcast before ours on my flight home. And, and there's talk around league circles that some teams like Drake may more. I just, I feel like the certainty and I still think Caleb goes number one, but man, the certainty that, that Caleb Williams is, is not going to have, you know, obstacles. He's not going to be a headache. His dad's not going to be a headache. I mean, he's, he's under six one and, and they're treating him like, you know, he's John Elway 2.0. I, I, I feel like the Cardinals, I don't know, the, the Caleb Williams thing, I don't think they're going to pick first overall. Mm-hmm. But man, like Kyler Murray's, I, I think, leaps and bounds ahead maturity-wise of Caleb Williams and certainly the player. And I, you got to feel pretty good. If you're a Cardinal fan at the end of the year, Caleb and his family won't stop running their mouths. And then here's Kyler Murray, who's clearly grown and evolved as your franchise quarterback. Yeah, after a three-pick performance and a loss, right? Yeah. And Caleb Williams, but... You know, now now it's it's like he's not just messing with individual franchises. He's messing with the NFL and, and right. the, what they have in place, and to try to you know go with that you know outside what the CBA's put in place, and it's pretty much plug and play outside of some offset language as far as rookie contracts go, and him starting to try to make his own demands before he's yeah. even in the draft process. I, I think it's a it's a big time turnoff. You can it is see, like. Locally here, it's like, you know, maybe the grass isn't greener on the other side. Maybe they've got somebody in place and has shown that with the exit of the previous regime is is not as uh, there's not as much drama surrounding him as, as there was with Kime and, and Cliff in place. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe he wasn't the issue. Right. And, and you've got all this noise around Caleb Williams and big time performance by Drake May, who got his wide receiver one back last week. Uh, you know, in, in Tez Walk, uh, Walker, I believe. So it's, um, yeah, it's May's stock. Like if you're if you're just kind of following the stocks, it's like May, uh, May's up, Kyler's up, and then Caleb Williams is down, and um, it's it's something that they're they're gonna have to, you know, teams are gonna have to take into consideration. It's it, those are red flags where you know I would say probably outside of you know last month you wouldn't have thought there were enough red flags to deter you from a, a talent like Caleb Williams. I, I, in the spring and into the early portion of the summer, we would talk about Isaiah Simmons a lot on this show and trying to figure out best position perception. And, you know, we kind of tease, I talked about, does he love football? Is he a football junkie? Does he turn people off? You know, we had gotten some insight that, you know, obviously he's not the kind of player they want in their locker room. And they subsequently basically cut slash traded him for nothing. Um, I have never once heard from the people we talked to, Bo, anything in relation to like Isaiah Simmons and his personality and has ha, have having a correlate to Kyler Murray. You know, Jonathan Gannon obviously was probably rubbed the wrong way from Isaiah Simmons and just didn't feel like he was a good fit. Remember that press conference with Gannon and Austin Ford outside the Minnesota Vikings practice, like how deterred they were about Isaiah Simmons. Like, I know I'm long winded here, but I've never got that sense about that, how they feel about Kyler Murray. It's been the complete opposite. So if you're looking for solace here, they're all on the same page. All Kyler. And I say all has to do is go out and perform. And he's done that before in the NFL. It's been the other stuff that fair or not has been, has been questioned. So my question for you, Bo Brock, uh, as we segue here, 
what's going on with Garrett Williams? Like this is what his third week back practicing. Mm-hmm. And there's still some, let's call it some doubt that he's going to play this Sunday at Seattle. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't practiced full since he's been designated return from the non-football injury list as he makes his way back from his torn ACL from last October when he's playing for Syracuse. Um, I will say that I, I believe I've seen him, you know, get more reps in, in practice during the open portion and, and you're starting to see him play less of like the the offensive player yeah. in, in the drills and he's more on the defensive side because sometimes like when you're in position drills, they'll have a couple, you know, corners play the wide receiver role and he was kind of doing that uh, pretty heavily in in his first two weeks of practice. So I, I think he's ramping up, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, is he going to be tasked with going out there and being part of the the defensive backs to take on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett uh, this weekend with uh, with Geno Smith quarterback? I, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised because I, I think that they want him full go for a full week. Uh, next week is the last week that I mean they're going to have to activate him before Wednesday before he's lost for the entire season. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's that's really in danger of happening, but I think that they are really, really slow playing this and being cautious with uh, with Garrett Williams, the third round pick out of Q's. It feels like they had a plan in place dating back to the spring of how they were going to yeah. deal with it. Um, and kudos to them. I mean, like Marco Wilson's been a, a disaster, and and Keytrail Clark a, a, has overachieved for where he's been drafted. But I mean, big picture, you're talking about a kid that by a lot of people had a top 50 grade before his injury, and Cardinals clearly see big things for him and are taking it one game at a time and very similar to their approach with, with Kyler Murray. I think we're going to see that over the course of the next couple of weeks. Definitively, Bo Budabaker, you think, is playing this weekend barring something unforeseen? <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted that out after watching him practice today. It looks like the same guy uh, that we've seen you know, since they drafted him in 2017, just flying around in practice. And he, you know, he told us uh, in, in the post-practice, he spoke with the media and uh, gave us some insight as far as his injury and, but he said he's a game time decision, but he, he you know, obviously it's, you know, how he's going to hold up. It's basically barring uh, the hamstring becoming an issue again, or a, another ish injury popping up. So I'd be pretty shocked, like barring any injury. I, I believe he's going to be out there Sunday wearing his number three Jersey, being back in the Arizona Cardinals defensive secondary. Uh, he, he's just a different situation. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Garrett Williams, like Buda Baker. Like he said, this injury was a high hamstring injury, which he was told is like a six week recovery. I believe he's, he's going to be at the five week mark on Friday. So shocker to nobody. He's ahead of schedule. Yeah. Williams and Murray both come back from surgeries and major, major injuries. Whereas, yeah. I mean, soft tissue with Buda, obviously it's a concern, but, not too much if he's back after five plus weeks. And again, we I think a lot of us. It, we haven't seen a practice from JT, Jalen Thompson. Yeah, um, not a good not a good sign. It's not, but Buddha said something interesting in his press availability. He said he wasn't as severe of a hamstring as he had. Wouldn't it make sense, though, if, if they didn't put him on injured reserve with James Conner? Like if they yeah. thought that was going to take four weeks. So this would be his, what, second game missed? Or th- yeah. yeah, so... I mean, theoretically, then he needs he should come back within these next two weeks um, because they, they I don't know if they can retroactively put him on injured reserve, but uh, it feels like you know maybe maybe Cleveland, you know worst case scenario, best case scenario is he plays against Baltimore next week. Yeah, I think I think Baltimore's probably like I, I would bet Baltimore's probably his his best bet, and worst case is Cleveland because you're right. I mean, otherwise they would have. 
they were they were cautious with Buddha, but you know, I, 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 the MRI must have come back a little cleaner with JT. And you know, I you know maybe Seattle was something that they thought could could happen, but he hasn't practiced at all this week, and I don't think Friday is going to be enough for for Thompson to get out there. Just what I've seen from this coaching staff, it doesn't seem to. Uh, they don't like guys to just slip in at the end of the week and, and then be game day uh, wearing their uniform on game day. Barring something unforeseen, more injuries, God forbid, or, or setbacks, this this franchise's fan base is is you know a couple weeks away from Kyler Murray, hopefully James Conner, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Garrett Williams, all playing together on an NFL Sunday football field. That's a pretty good feeling. I know the the record isn't what. Maybe it's what people hope for this year, what they expected. But I mean, the Lions last year started one to five and finished respectively nine and eight. And while it's a tall task for the Cardinals in year one of their rebuild, like I, I don't know, somebody was asking me the other day, like, what's their over under? I still think they finished with five or six wins. I, th- I mean, you get Kyler Murray back, like you're you're going to be at least an equal of all the opposing quarterbacks you face at the end of the year. Yeah. Like you're telling me you want Kenny Pickett or Justin Fields or even Geno Smith at the end of the year over Kyler Murray. I don't know. CJ Stroud's been playing well, but I, to me, it's just like you truly, truly will feel like every Sunday you've got an opportunity to win. And with with Dobbs, there were a couple Sundays where you you, you were playing with house money, but I think uh, you know these last couple weekends it's been exposed to to what Joshua Dobbs is, respectively. So I mean, the, this this season has so many layers to it. We talked about it all off season. I think we just uncovering another one in route to the to the second quarter of the season, the second third of the season. Now, when do these guys come back and how big of an impact they'll make? Yeah. I mean, these are game changers that were, you were gutted from your lineup and right. it's, it's trending in the right direction that they're all going to uh, hopefully be together, barring any more injuries to, to those players, you know, at some point in the near future. And, you know, with, with those guys back on the roster and in the lineup making plays, it gives you a shot against really anybody remaining on your schedule. So that that's exciting. And they, they can really kind of do some work, stack a couple victories and, and build some confidence going into the off season with this. Group. It's great to be back here. PHNX Cardinals podcast banner week for the program. Thank you everybody who tuned in. We got a big Friday preview show myself, Bo Brock, as we talk about Seattle, Buda Baker potentially practicing again on Friday, Bo, you'll be out in Tempe watching the Cardinals open practice. Uh, we got some, Fun stuff in the pipeline, some stuff to announce hopefully on Friday. And then, of course, BetMGM all-day coverage with our friends um, at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Some giveaways, ticket giveaways. Uh, yeah, can't miss it, Bo. Nope, don't miss it at all. Uh, thanks for listening to this audio-only version of the podcast. We'll talk to you Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 o